This week on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier, we're talking about how thankfulness to God turns difficulties into blessings. We're taking a fresh look at the Beatitudes of Jesus. Our Lord is offering far more grace than most of us realize. We'll be drawing on our Soul Shepherding booklet, Jesus' Greatest Teaching. This resource offers surprising insights and applications from the Sermon on the Mount. You'll find this and other books and seminars in the store on soulshepherding.org. Christy, I just love the season of Thanksgiving. Me too. It's a year-round opportunity, really, to be thankful as always. Just such a good thing for our health and our relationships. But I love the fact that we are more intentional about it in the Thanksgiving season. Yeah, it's good for our souls. Yeah, and so I'm excited about our conversation on Soul Talks today, the surprising Be Gratefuls of Jesus. That's how I renamed the Beatitudes. And so we're going to be unpacking that, uh, continuing a conversation we started last week on Soul Talks when we talked about finding a blessing in conflict, keying in especially on the Beatitude Blessed are the Peacemakers. It's been helpful for me to understand the Beatitudes in this way. Help me to be grateful in times I normally would not have been. Yeah, me too. Anything you're feeling grateful for right now? Yes, I am uh, grateful for the devotional I just wrote recently. I don't know if listeners will be surprised to hear me say this or not, but I enjoy writing our devotionals. I mean, not always. Sometimes I have I get stuck in my writing and, and uh, get blocked and get, have some frustration to work through. But basically, I really enjoy reflecting on my experiences with Jesus, my scripture meditations, uh, conversations I'm having with people and soul shepherding and just talking to God about it. And then so I get to do a write-up on some experience, some insight I've had, and put it out in our devotional email. And I hope that all of you who are listening get the Soul Shepherding devotional in your email. We do that every week, and it comes out Tuesday morning. And so the most recent one was uh, giving thanks for a light in the dark, Psalm 88. Some of our listeners might know that Psalm 88 is the darkest psalm in the Bible, the darkest passage of Scripture, the most bleak and discouraging, and it just seems like there's no hope there. It seems like God is not not present and caring. Uh, And so I was having a conversation with a pastor about that who was relating to that experience and uh, not finding help in Psalm 88. And so we went back into it together, first of all, just by me listening to him and empathizing with him and as he unpacks some things in his church and in his life. And then we uh, reread portions of it together prayerfully, and uh, both of us had a sense of a visitation from the Lord in that and the uh, warm light of God's presence through the psalmist who is leading us in prayer and sometimes, you know, these sad, sad songs or uh, poems can say so much when we share them with somebody and we realize that we're not alone and we appreciate that actually the the psalmist, uh, who is the sons of Korah in Psalm 88, they're longing for God, and whenever we're longing for God, that's actually a sign of God's presence, and that's the light that casts the, the dark shadow in Psalm 88. That's a great example of being, being thankful at a time that maybe is less easy to be thankful when we find ways that God comes to us. I'm thankful for that, too. Last week, I was feeling particularly discouraged for some reason. And I felt like God came to me and encouraged me in a way that I was grateful for. And it, it was surprising. I 
felt grateful because something, oh, I know somebody asked me how to do a review on our podcast. And so I was looking at that to try to figure out how to give her instructions. And upon doing that, I was reading some of the ratings and reviews that yeah. people have done on our podcast. And I, I was so thankful for that because God used that to come to me to encourage me. Because, you know, Will, we just sit here in our den and these microphones and we don't you know, know who's listening. And so it was just encouraging. I was especially encouraged. Sarah Lynn wrote, so encouraged. My amazing friend and mentor, Susan, introduced me to your podcast. I'm so glad she did. Thank you for Soul Talks each week that inspire me to go deeper in my Soul Talks with my husband and the community Jesus has given me. So thank you for taking time to do those reviews mm-hmm. and those ratings. It really ministered to me. And I also know it helps other people find Soul Talks and join us in this journey together in these conversations with Christ. There's a surprising be grateful right there. It is. It's a blessing, uh, all of you friends who contact us in any way. We always love hearing from you. And so as we talk about the Beatitudes of Jesus, we want to just first of all sort of come back to the main concept here, the, the theme of the Beatitudes, because it's so easily missed by most people. And uh, speaking of enjoying writing, one of my favorite things I've written is Jesus' Greatest Teaching, which is a booklet I wrote, and I wrote this, uh, as you'll remember, while we were uh, on vacation in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Some people might think I was working on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I would never do that. (laughs) But this this kind of a work wasn't so much a work work. It was a very fun work because I was meditating on Scripture, and I ended up paraphrasing the whole Sermon on the Mount. You did. uh, Particularly drawing on uh, Dallas Willard's insights in the Divine Conspiracy, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase in the message and, and getting out my, um, my Bible, the, uh, including the Young's literal translation, which gives you know real, I don't know, Greek, but uh, Young did, and it gives a very accurate you know, word-for-word translation, even more accurate than the New American Standard. And so I was working with all of this to try to write a, a paraphrase that gives fresh wording, especially to the Beatitudes, but it ended up being the whole Sermon on the Mount to try to bring it to life for all of us. And then that led to this uh, resource, Jesus' Greatest Teaching, Living the Sermon on the Mount, and it's designed for your personal devotions or for a small group. And we've got questions in there to help you uh, have good conversation in your group and a, a little exercise to, to go deeper in the Sermon on the Mount and apply it to your life today. Well, it's been a blessing to me, honey. I sure appreciated the fruit of your many years of really going deep with Jesus's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And then that intensive time that you took really studying, and this is your overflow of it. You didn't sit down to write this booklet. This right, is just exactly. the overflow of your own study and immersion of many years. That's the funnest way to write when it happens that way. Yeah. Just, just flowing over and you know the themes and the outline, the, the structure, the progression of Jesus' sermon is just so amazing and so helpful. We should do a whole podcast on that at some point. But when you've got that in you, mm-hmm. it really guides you in in your life, in your thinking. Certainly if you're preparing a, a sermon, a, a message, a teaching of any kind to have Jesus' order embedded in you, because this is the way Jesus preaches, not just the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Plain, other teachings. Paul picks it up in his letters, and uh, we don't have time to go into it all now. But the key point is the Beatitudes, how you begin. And they're proclamations of blessing for people that don't feel blessed. And the the culture around them is not saying to them, you're blessed in this situation that you're in. But Jesus comes along and says, well, but you are blessed when you come to me and step into the Father's world. 
that there's something there to be grateful for. And that's why you're talking about the be gratefuls. They are. They're helping us to see and to treasure hunt for what is really the great gift God's offering us that we can't be grateful for and be happy in, in the midst of what might look like a condition that isn't blessed. Treasure hunt is a great phrase. I love that. And I, I wish you listeners could see Christy's face light up uh, <laughs> as she says that. And right now, big, big smile, uh, because you have found the, the blessing of being with Jesus in the kingdom of the heavens and this adventure we've been on for a number of years and learning to live this out. It's been a good journey. So take us into the first beatitude. What's the surprising be grateful there? Well, blessed are you who are poor in spirit, or your paraphrase it's so helpful, uneducated in the spiritual life. These are people in a day and an age where they thought the blessed people were the religious leaders, those who had studied under the law. But Jesus says, no, blessed are you who are uneducated in the spiritual life, for the kingdom of the heavens is available to you. And I love this, honey, because just you know, every week we hear from people from around the world. And just this week, we heard from two pastors in Africa, actually three, one in India, one in Pakistan, and then another one in the Philippines contacting us saying, I'd love to come to your TLC retreats. I have not been able to have any seminary education or college education. And you know, I want more studies. And thank you for Soul Shepherding and your website and your resources because they're helping me to learn and I want more mm-hmm. learning. And these are the uneducated. And yet God's spirit is available to them. Jesus, the greatest teacher, the Holy Spirit, the wonderful counselor, they're blessed. And why are they blessed? We tend to think, well, they're blessed, us in America, especially who are rich or have so many spiritual resources, we think, oh, they're blessed because they're poor in spirit, and then we interpret that to mean, well, because they're humble. And so we put the blessing in their condition. It's not in their condition. It's not a blessing to be uneducated. It just isn't. But the blessing is that all of the resources of the kingdom of God are available to them. Yeah. Jesus is saying, even in your state of spiritual poverty, or in Luke, when Jesus gives this sermon at a different time, he just says it more stark, blessed are the poor. Mm Mm-hmm. For the kingdom of God is open to you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be rich in order to be close to God or in his kingdom or to belong to him. Exactly. Yeah. doesn't matter your status. Anyone is welcome in the embrace of Jesus and has a reason to smile even in a bad circumstance. Yes. We're all eligible. Yeah. And so then Jesus continues, and we're just quoting here from our booklet, Jesus' Greatest Teaching, with these paraphrases. Blessed are you who are grieving a terrible loss, for the Lord's comfort is available to you. And I paraphrased mourning to grieving a terrible loss to just try to really get at it. Well, the primary point here is not, okay, you're mourning your sins or you're being wise because there is a reason to be sad. That's how we've turned it into a positive thing. I mean, there is a truth there that if you've been through a divorce, the healthy thing to do is to grieve. And so that does make that a a wise approach. But that, uh, we don't believe, and this is what Dallas teaches us, this is not what Jesus is actually teaching. He's teaching that in this situation where you've lost a loved one, and it's very sad, and you're depressed, there is a blessing that is available to you from God in being comforted. So the blessing is in the kingdom 
not the condition. That's right. It's in relationship with Christ and his Father, not in our circumstance. That's the key concept here that we're working with with each of the Beatitudes. And so I talked with a pastor today who's um, a missionary in Indonesia, and his wife has uh, Parkinson's. Mm. And it's a got this diagnosis about two years ago, and it's just been really, really hard for them. Mm. And she's had some limitations uh, physically and some emotional reactiveness and uh, stress reactions, and they're just uh, reeling with this. And it's part of the picture in which he's dealing with some burnout. And you know, he's a powerful, successful, longtime pastor, now been on the mission field for a number of years, and he's just uh, reaching out. <laughs> and I just spent over an hour with him on the phone, getting to know him and hearing his story to try to see how we can help him get the renewal that he needs. And so Jesus is saying to my new friend, blessed are you even in your grief, because there is comfort for you. And so, you know, he he was tearing up as he was sharing with me, especially when he was giving me a story, about 20, 30 minutes, concise, all the things that are stressing him and things that have gone wrong and and all of this. And then it was quiet. And and I just said, well, let's just pray. And that's when he started to tear up when he heard my prayer and just empathizing with the, the things that he's going through in his life and the challenges and his mission field and the exhaustion that he's feeling in his ministry and the challenges with the traffic every day and just such a crowded city and it takes so long to get anywhere and being in another, just the drain of living in another culture year after year that's so different. And so he's felt uh, the Lord's comfort and that's where the blessing was for him. And then, blessed are those of you who are shy and unassertive, for you are offered heaven's best blessings on earth. You know, especially in America and our culture today, it seems like the shy and the meek, they get left behind, they get left out, they get overlooked, they get disregarded. But they're not overlooked and disregarded by Jesus. He sees them. And then, blessed are you who are wrongly treated and long for justice. Jesus says, you hunger and thirst for righteousness. You're wrongly treated. You long for justice. For the Lord is eager to fill you with his goodness. We were just in Mexico last week doing a retreat for 20 uh, Mexican pastors, and then their wives were there too, so there were 40 of us. This is our eighth year of doing these retreats and trainings and soul care for them. And we were listening to one of the pastors who was sharing about being abused Uh, the abuse that he took in his family, the way he was the scapegoat was his family role, and how painful that's been for him to have been blamed for the problems his younger brothers have, their choices, their bad choices in life, and that there's never been any righteousness, any acknowledgement for all the good that he's done. This pastor's worked really hard in his life. He's really a godly man. He's a great husband, and There's not been any sense of forgiveness or reconciliation or appreciation from his family. It's always stuck in that scapegoat role as if he's the problem. Yeah, even though he was abused, uh, enraged at by his father, and the mother just covered that up, all that pain, all that conflict, all that dysfunction in the family, and the, the parents haven't admitted that and apologized for that and cared for him. They just put all the blame on him. And then when he reacted to that in bad ways, going into drugs and got into prison, he became the scapegoat and they blamed him for all the problems in the family. Now he's reformed, you know, it's many years later, he's gotten help and changed. He's a totally different person. He's a pastor in a church 
And still, they're blaming him and putting shame on him, and he's forgiving them, he's being loving to them, and he was so courageous to share his story with our whole group and this strong man and being vulnerable and tearful. Yeah, really respect him for that, and yet Jesus does not overlook who he is and his the redemption. He's blessed because God has redeemed it all and used it to grow him in character. And then we have, uh, blessed are you who are sensitive-hearted and burdened by others' pain. For the Lord's unfailing mercy is available to you. Any of you listening have the gift of mercy, and you have a sensitive and tender heart to other people. That is such a wonderful thing, but it is not uh, immediately obvious that there's a blessing in that. So Jesus is not teaching us here, be merciful. He is saying that when you have the gift of mercy and you are absorbing people's pain, it's a heavy load. And it can be tiring. It can be discouraging. You can get compassion fatigue. Uh, you can get depressed. And, and so Jesus is coming alongside with empathy and saying, I know that that's hard. And he's saying, look, can you see uh, the Lord's unfailing mercy that's coming towards you? And see, that's where the blessing is. It's in the mercy of the Father. And then we have uh, Jesus saying in verse 8 of Matthew 5, Blessed are you nice people who just want what is good. You might say, wait, where's that in the Beatitudes? Well, that's the pure in heart. The pure in heart are the simple souls who want what is good, the nice people, the kind people. For the Lord sees your hearts and wants to befriend you. I think of Hosea. I've the last couple of days in my quiet times, I've uh, read the book of Hosea and been uh, just uh, thanking God for how he is like the prophet Hosea, that even in my sin, and even though in ways I'm like Gomer the prostitute and have been unfaithful to the Lord, God just keeps pursuing me in love with uh, grace and compassion and forgiveness and uh, through Christ uh, reconciles me. And uh, there's an increasing intimacy and what a love story Hosea mm, is. And that's been so nourishing for me. Much to be grateful for. And then the next one we talked about last week on our podcast on finding a blessing in conflict, and that's the blessed are you who, Jesus says, peacemakers, but your paraphrases, get caught in the middle of conflicts, trying to bring peace, for the Lord calls you his sons and daughters. Yeah, ask any police officer and they'll tell you it's not a blessing to be a peacemaker. Uh, It's a very difficult thing, but blessings come from being a peacemaker if we are doing it uh, in reliance upon the Prince of Peace Hmm. and we are receiving peace from the Lord and then now that peace is overflowing. But when you come to bring peace to people in conflict, you tend to get caught in the crossfires (laughs) and it's uh, stressful and draining in the least. If not, you you can get turned on. And uh, we were talking about scapegoating. That's the spot where we sometimes get scapegoated. So the eighth beatitude of Jesus and the Gospel of Matthew is, blessed are you who are persecuted for being godly and doing right, for the kingdom of the heavens is available to you. That's my paraphrase. And so you might notice we're right back to the kingdom of the heavens. You also might notice that I'm referring to the heavens in the plural. Remember, I'm giving you my paraphrases for each of these beatitudes. Uh, But that's the literal translation. If you go to Young's literal translation on Bible Gateway, you'll see that it's not heaven, it's heavens, plural. So there's levels to the heavens, and the lowest level comes right down where we are, where we're breathing it in. God is is closer than our breath, and we are in the heavens, 
And uh, because the first and the last beatitude are about the kingdom of the heavens, that's Jesus' way of saying all these blessings of the comfort and the best blessings of earth and filling you with goodness and unfailing mercy and the Lord sees your heart and wants to befriend you and you'll be called sons and daughters of God. All these blessings are manifestations of the kingdom of God. Coming for us. And I'm really grateful for that, Bill, this weekend as we are we're kind of transitioning from Thanksgiving into Advent season and thinking about in the midst of Advent, sometimes I find myself wanting to just be happy and joyous. But, you know, these griefs, these hardships, these circumstances that are difficult for us continue even in Advent. And that's the beauty of Christ coming to us now in the midst of that. And so, you know, you've got this great resource, the Jesus Greatest Teaching PDF, but we also have another PDF resource on Advent that uh, leads into meditation on some of the ways Jesus is coming in his kingdom and his presence to Joseph in his state that seemed so unblessed of the difficulty of the woman he's betrothed to being pregnant when he hadn't, they hadn't known each other and the different characters the nativity in, in scripture. And that's, I'm excited because I always love doing, using that resource in our own personal devotions and then in ministry. And then I'm excited because we're going to start an Advent series next week for our podcast. Yeah. So in the Advent devotionals and prayer cards, that's uh, available to you for a download and you're essentially making a donation to Soul Shepherding when you get that. And we teach you how to use your nativity set that you probably have in your home as a, a devotional centerpiece, either for your personal devotions, and, and we guide you through some scriptures related to Advent, just for your meditations and prayers. But we also show you how you can use that devotional, um, the, your, your nativity scene there for a soul talk conversation with friends or family uh, around the dinner table or after a meal and uh, together share some reflections on these different Advent characters, and we guide you on how to do that. And so that's available in the store on Soul Shepherding, the uh, Advent devotionals and prayer cards. And then, uh, so on Soul Talks, that's going to be our theme through Advent, and we're going to go through the book I wrote, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, for four weeks. And in particular, we're going to key on four of the Bible studies that are in there about the life of Jesus and how Jesus comes to us. So uh, I'm just real excited to share this with you, our our listeners, as we're going to dive deep into the Gospels and look at four ways that Jesus comes to us, because that's what Advent means. It means coming. Four ways that Jesus comes to us and offers an easy yoke, Mm. a smile, arms open to embrace us in the stresses and difficulties of life. And so that's going to really encourage you, and it's going to help you come into a Christmas season that can be so hurried and harried and stressful, but come into that with a great sense of uh, the Lord's peace in the easy yoke of Jesus. And if you want to follow along with us in that and you don't have a copy of Your Best Life in Jesus Easy Yoke, that's something you can also get in the store on soulshepherding.org. Jesus, how thankful we are to you that you come for us. And we pray, Lord, for each of us that as we journey with you, even in the hard times, the conditions where we feel so unblessed that you, by your Spirit, would arise in us to be able to see that you are the God that never leaves us or forsakes us. Tune in and connect with you and receive your love, your presence, your grace, your blessing, your smile, even in the midst of that difficult circumstance. 
such that we could respond with gratitude and praise and trust to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've probably heard us talk about our TLC retreats, but you might not know that they're available for you to attend. TLC stands for To Love Christ. It's a five-day retreat where we help you unplug from the stresses of ministry in everyday life for teaching and guided experiences in spiritual formation and soul care. We're forming a new cohort, and we want you to have an opportunity to be there. So we have a special offer for our podcast listeners. For the next 30 days, you can register for our January 2018 TLC at $100 discount. If you're interested in joining us at TLC, please contact me through soulshepherding.org or you'll find the links in the show notes of this podcast.